1: Welcome to the Pirates of the Caribbean Minute, a daily podcast where we analyze, scrutinize, and plunder the Pirates of the Caribbean films one blimey minute at a time. I'm Scott Artis from scottartis.com.
0: And I'm Heather Artist from blackpearlminute.com.
1: Thanks for joining us for Minute 122 of The Curse of the Black Pearl. You're welcome. It's a somber minute, so I figured I would skip over the usual introduction fanfare. You would think I have something Pirates of the Caribbean related to share after just coming off the weekend. And yeah, there actually is. But I have it on the docket for tomorrow. Instead, I'm just prepared for you to wow us with your latest buccaneer expression. Are you up for it? Yes. Curse you for breathing, you slack-jawed idiots. It's the Pirate Word of the Week.
0: We're going to go with give no quarter. Do you happen to know what that means?
1: You don't take prisoners.
0: The refusal... To spare lives of an opponent. Pirates actually put up the red flag when they were fighting somebody, or going to fight somebody, threatening that they were going to take no quarter.
1: Yeah, it was part of that whole idea of intimidation, too. Yeah. They throw that up saying, hey, we're not going to take anybody prisoner. We're just going to kill everybody we find, and when we're done battling, there's none of you guys left. Yeah. It would hopefully help quell any ideas of let's go ahead and fight. And then if we see that we're losing, then we'll go ahead and surrender. But no. Yeah, it was just kind of that huge intimidation factor. It's kind of applicable to what we're getting here in this particular minute. Kind of. Kind of. You'd think somebody would have come up with some death idea. And I'm looking at you over there.
0: It's close enough.
1: Close enough. But is it really? Yeah. Really? I don't know. Yeah. I'm not really sure about that. But I'll have to let it slide because I don't have a pirate word of the week. So we have to rely on you and your decision making on that. Got that right. There we go.
0: This kind of pertains.
1: Kind of does.
0: Kind of. I
1: think we're going back and forth. In the previous minute, traditions are made to be broken. Wait, not so fast, Disney. Yeah, I'm talking to you. How dare you rewrite Pirates of the Caribbean theme park attraction history. I'm not finished with you yet. We begin our duel tomorrow. Back to the previous minute... Through swashbuckler roll reversals, Elizabeth Swan rescues the damsel in distress, goes the distance and pokes some pirates with her spear, blows up three cursed crewmen, and gets wide eyed while staring at Barbosa's barrel. Speaking of pistols, Barbosa pulls and Scott unleashes one hell of an apocalyptic Freudian slip. Now that's how you start a weekend. <laughs> it's a good start to the weekend. Good,
0: great start to the weekend. The weekend? Oh, the
1: weekend's over though.
0: Yeah. Well, that's Great honest- start to the weekday?
1: No, the weekend, because that was the recap from Friday.
0: Oh, okay. You gotta get on board with it.
1: this stuff. Oh, you got it, finally? Well, you just you gotta jump on board.
0: You're telling me the weekend, it's not the weekend, we're just starting the week, you know, come, I mean, well, 4th of July week, so I, get a, I guess I get a day in the middle off, but...
1: I'm sorry that you're so easily confused. Whatever. <laughs> it wouldn't be proper to start it- the week without some sarcastic <sighs> remarks to Heather. Yeah. So recapping Fridays and now starting the new, I have to throw in some sarcasm. I
0: find that a bit ridiculous.
1: Obnoxious it is not, but minute 122 begins with Captain Barbosa holding his aim on Elizabeth as she approaches the treasure mound supporting the Aztec chest.
0: Hey, where did the aim change from Elizabeth to, from Will to Elizabeth?
1: during this minute so we'll have to check it out a gunshot rings out and echoes throughout the cave elizabeth gasps in shock as we see barbosa turn to look at captain jack sparrow holding his still smoking flintlock after shooting him the minute ends with a stunned barbosa his eyes wide as he mutters i feel cold he falls backwards after succumbing to his shot to the heart the apple rolls out of his clenched fist and the camera moves in for a close-up of barbosa's lifeless body the apocalypse we ended on last episode was so prophetic for Barbosa. And I'm tearing up a little bit, actually. Right. Do we need a moment of silence or something? Yeah.
0: Actually. I mean, seriously.
1: Okay, maybe a little? How about we just throw something out for a moment as a little ode to Barbosa? Thanks to the Wellington Sea Shanty Society for a bit of great open sea. Just a small ode to Barbosa before we move on, because I gotta wipe these tears from my eyes
0: freedom the When there's a way to find freedom the the On the the open
1: the the So, what the hell is going on here? Barbosa is dead. There's all kinds of emotions and symbols flying through this particular minute. How about we break this thing down? Are you just ready to get into this? Ready? Are we sure we're ready because no, there's a because lot of this emotions. Is pretty going
0: sad. On. This minute is is pretty sad.
1: It's hard to get excited about a moment when Barbosa dies.
0: Yeah, even the music isn't exciting. It's just very somber music.
1: Yeah, I don't think we necessarily need to roll over all the characters' individual emotional states during this scene. But they are something we can kind of group together and go from there because it tells us about the characters and maybe the trials and tribulations as part of their life's journey or at least their recent journey that we've seen. I don't have much to say about Elizabeth Swann's emotional transitions that really take us from shock to brief happiness or maybe more appropriately a sense of being relieved. But she does get this quick smile and a sigh of relief on her face. Yeah. Yeah. After she realizes, no, she wasn't the one who was shot. Yeah, because
0: I think she, when the gunfire went off, I think she actually thought for a split second she may have been the one shot.
1: Well, it's interesting because I don't know if it was because of the realization that she wasn't shot or maybe that Will wasn't shot. Or if it was because Jack got the drop on Barbosa and shot first. Jack shot first.
0: Thought <laughs> <That> he did. <laughs>
1: Until Disney rewrites that, then all of a sudden Barbosa shoots first.
0: (laughs) Well, if you look at a when the gunfire goes off, you're looking at Barbosa
1: shoots first and misses from point blank range.
0: When the gunfire goes off, you're looking at Elizabeth.
1: Wouldn't that be actually? I got to interrupt. I'm sorry. I'm on this really Barbosa shot first thing because Barbosa is consumed with greed. Barbosa is greed. Oh, do I get a round of applause for that? (laughs) No. I don't think you mean that. You're just irritated because I interrupted you with my jackshot first Greedo Barbosa hypothesis. Okay, go ahead. Are you sure? I'm done now. I'm back to somber, Scott.
0: So we're looking at Elizabeth when the gunfire goes off, right? Yeah. And Elizabeth kind of bounced back a little. You know, jumps, basically. And gets this look like, oh, is it me? Yeah. And then you turn to find out. Then you see the relief on her face that it wasn't her. It was Barbosa that got shot and not her.
1: Well, that's what I'm wondering. Is it maybe a bit of all of this stuff that it wasn't her that got shot? It wasn't Will. It was actually Barbosa who got shot. The relief that there actually may be like this foreseeable resolution to this cursed crew fight that they've been on, this like immediate horizon of coming to a finale. They just may make it out of this situation alive. Yeah, and maybe that's the relief. Maybe it's just all of it that yeah, okay, we didn't die yet. Nobody that like Will didn't die, and Barbosa was the one that got shot. She right. wasn't the one who got shot, so now maybe they're thinking that, or at least she's thinking that they're getting out of this, or at least has that hope. Right. Because it's interesting though.
0: Okay. I don't know
1: if she's in on the plan really. So no, she's not so She much wouldn't a, be because yeah. she
0: just arrived.
1: So why is this the moment? Yeah, I don't. It would. She wouldn't have to be in shock or relieved that it was Barbosa who got shot, at least in terms of understanding how the plan works. Right. Because she knows that he is immortal. So right. it really can't be that. It's just, I think it would have to almost be the relief that... It's
0: a relief that it wasn't her. It wasn't
1: her or maybe even Will. Right. So that's got to be what it is.
0: Yeah. I mean, she had a gun pointed at her. Yeah. She hears a gunshot. She's not sure which gun it came from. That's right. You know... Well, so I it's didn't relief know, but now that she
1: didn't get shot. I got it. Was, I think we're on. The I don't think you do. No, I think I'm good. Okay. Jack and Barbosa really do take the scene in this particular minute, though. Jack is dead serious when it's revealed that he was the one who pulled the trigger. Not only that, but he continues to hold the flintlock on Barbosa. It's like showing his determination and his fortitude in obtaining revenge. When Barbosa dies, I do get that feeling that he's a bit sad that Jack? his longtime adversary is now gone. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, we talked about this the other day and how their characters were intertwined. So it's not something I want to revisit necessarily. But it does appear that he's showing a little bit of this sadness that's mm-hmm. starting to creep through. Not at first. He's dead serious at first. And then you can see when Barbosa is really taking this to heart. Right. That he's dying and that. Well, and I then have... Jack kind of turns and, or Jack kind of gets that look. His facial expression changes. Just a hair to give us that. Yeah, I'm a little sad thing.
0: I got, I have that, you know, Jack's looking at him. He's like almost sad type of thing. And almost like he's saying to him, sorry, old pal, it had to be done.
1: Oh, that's a good way to put it. You know,
0: it's just that look on his face. He's looking at Barbos and he's like, sorry.
1: This was the only option. This is Yeah. But I don't think that it was like remorse. So I don't think Jack is remorseful that he had to do it. He might be sorry that things came to this. Right. Through all the circumstances and all the actions that they've done. But I don't think he is remorseful for having to do it to a point. No. He's remorseful that it came to this and this was the only solution. But he would still do this again.
0: That he's losing an old friend.
1: Yeah. The arc for the two characters have been such that this journey of revenge has gone from playful to quite serious. And here it turns out deadly serious at this particular point in the film. And I don't think Jack is remorseful for pulling the trigger. But I do think... He will miss that element that has consumed his life for all these years. Right. This has become a part of his life, this pursuit of the ship, the Black Pearl, the pursuit of Barbossa. And it gave Jack's life meaning. Now he can go back to doing what he was doing before the mutiny. But 10 years searching and pursuing something can be difficult to let go of in the blink of an eye. Yeah. So it will take some time for him to get over that. And I think there's a whole flood of emotions that are coming to Jack at this point. Like, okay, wow. This is all... Done and over with now. Right. Because you play out this scenario in your head a thousand times.
0: He's been thinking about it for 10 years.
1: Yeah. And usually when you finally get that moment, it never is as big or as grand as you thought it would be. Right. It's like that trope that's in the office or in anybody's life. Usually like you quit that job that you hate and you have played out in your mind how you're just going to walk up to the boss or to the person that's been a real D-bag to you. And you just tell them off and you walk out and quit. But when actuality when ha- happens, typically you just give your notice and you give a, a sign off. And maybe you don't even say goodbye to that jerk. But it's, not, it's more on friendly terms. It's not like you've burned the bridge in most scenarios. Right. And so it's completely different in that case. This one is, okay, not to that degree. But it is a little similar. It's kind of like, wow, I've reached that finale. And I played this a thousand times in my head. This wasn't exactly how I thought it was going to go down. Now I get to go back to my normal routine. Yes. Barbosa, on the other hand, has this pretty incredible range of emotion—from confused to shock, and I think to relieved. Confused that Jack would shoot him, knowing he can't die, and it's like this waste of his revenge shot. Shocked to discover that it wasn't wasted, and will ends the curse. And I laugh, and now I wish I hadn't laughed at Barbosa. Yeah.
0: It's
1: the irony of the situation. Now I'm all choked up, and I say shocked because then will ends the curse, and then. Shocked that Jack and these pirate newbies, actually, Will and Elizabeth, manage to outmaneuver and trick him. Yeah. And they get the drop on him. And then he's relieved that this dreadful curse has been lifted. Mm-hmm. He's human again. He can feel all those sensations he's been craving to feel for the last 10 years are rushing back to him. That's the sense of liberation that this demanding, painful process without any emotional, ego-driven, or spiritual reward has taken place. Obviously, wealth and treasure has been achieved. He's gotten all those, but the other components of his life that he wants really have been kind of this empty or left empty. But the curse created a situation where he needed to fill that void, but was simply unable to no matter what or how much he added or how much fuel he added to that. It's like the food he could eat, but it would never satisfy his hunger or drink and never satisfy his thirst. Yeah, it's pretty crazy.
0: Now he finally feels, but all it is is cold.
1: Yeah, and I wanted to talk about that and we'll maybe we'll get there in a second because I have some symbolism stuff that I thought would be pretty cool. One of the cool things about this particular minute is the dialogue or the lack of dialogue to some extent. I'm a fanboy when it comes to the limited amount of dialogue in this particular minute and scene. Because it's completely different, say, from the lack of speech used in previous minutes. Maybe when, for instance, they're sword fighting or we're jumping from battle to battle across the different locations. Yeah. There's no talking, no dialogue. Right. But here it's deliberately utilized to spotlight the fall of Barbosa. Act one is the setup of his downfall. You've been carrying around that pistol with the revenge shot for 10 years, just waiting for the opportune time to deliver it. And then you waste it just to distract me, say, from shooting Elizabeth and putting a stop to this charade. Like, you guys are going to win. Because that could only be the thing that's going through his mind. Like, he shot me just to prevent me from shooting Elizabeth, knowing that that was the case, which kind of confuses him. It gets back to that confused thing. Act two quickly comes around with Will revealing it wasn't a wasted shot. Will has the means the end of the curse before Barbosa can step into the moonlight and then become a skeleton, which would thereby heal himself when he returns to human form. Cause that was the trick. Oh yeah. To prevent the blood or the shot from killing Barbosa, he would have had to have gone to skeleton form, then step back into the shade from the moonlight or out of the moonlight or lift the curse. And he would have returned to normal human form before that. But the problem is, is that, He was human form and he stayed in human form when Will lifted the curse. And so that shot didn't heal. And then, of course, Will drops the coins or the medallions and the curse ends for both Barbosa, the crew, and Jack. And then act three, which is the end, Barbosa exposes the hole in his heart, the blood, and accepts and maybe is relieved to finally have feeling again, even though it is the irony that what he is feeling is his own death. All of this is done with relatively little dialogue. In fact, no dialogue from Elizabeth, and perhaps the most powerful part, is no dialogue from Jack at all during that. Right. Depp delivers a great performance with this, and it's completely justified and unnecessary for him to speak. His emotion, his expression, his continuing to hold the flintlock on Barbosa says everything we need to know about what's going on here with Jack. It's that whole idiom, picture is worth a thousand words. That's exactly what's going on with Jack right there. But before we continue on kind of on that note with the symbols and stuff... I did want to get back to what you mentioned about the music, because we do have to mention the music. It is something that helps make the minute. Yes. I must say that music in general, though, when it comes to this, is not my expertise, so I always tread lightly when attempting to discuss the music in these minutes. Maybe before season two rolls around, I will make a point to accrue some knowledge on the subject, or at least a bit more. A minimal amount would be good, so at least I can pretend to feel my way through the topic when we're on Dead Man's Chest. But anyways, there's a perfect buildup that hits a climax just as Jack fires the flintlock. It lightly takes us to Will revealing it wasn't a wasted shot. And then there's another buildup that hits this high when he actually drops the medallions and the curse ends. Which transitions to something more somber as Barbosa's wound is revealed and then he dies. Right. I had to do a little digging, like I said, to help me with my music naivety. What would be a good word for that? Inexperience or music? Lack of knowledge. My ignorance on music on a lot of it but it does start out in a minor key which rises as a dramatic chord and you can hear woodwinds are heard in the background as a mournful melody begins which is undercut with percussion beats the music rises triumphantly with a variation of the main swashbuckling theme it also starts to kind of quiet off or taper off into a tender rendition of the love theme and then it segs into the cursed cruise theme which increases in intensity until a dramatic climax. And that trails off or segs into what one of the soundtrack items is called One Last Shot. The first part of the track underscores the death of Hector Barbosa and the Cursed Crew's defeat aboard the HMS Dauntless, which we're going to see in the next minute. While the second part is heard during the epic underwater march, which chronologically occurs prior to the opening of the track. If I noted it correctly, the first part is also called One Last Shot, as I mentioned, on the film's complete soundtrack, while the second part remains known as underwater march that way if you're kind of playing with the soundtrack or looking it up that's what's going on well thank you now we can get to the fun stuff and that's what i mentioned is symbolism and i already started to touch on it a bit but it really is pretty powerful in this particular minute you know i was all jazzed up too for some good old-fashioned euphemisms and all that kind of good stuff but man barbosa's death it's really hard to get into that yeah and really be jovial about really it. A... Yeah, we can go through some symbols, and then we can kind of talk about really kind of how our feelings have changed about Barbosa. Yes, and how that I have plays some into questions that. for you. Well, I probably have answers, most likely. We're good. The irony of the curse being lifted, and the first thing he feels is coldness overtaking him as death approaches. We have established that the curse did allow them to feel pain and unpleasant things. So why does he feel cold?
0: Cold isn't un- unpleasant. Not necessarily.
1: That's what I was thinking. So I'm guessing that he would have but, felt cold when it was unpleasant. Yeah. Like if he was freezing or something. Yeah. Just like Regetti felt the colds burning him. But the cold he is now getting is more tied to that sense of relief that happiness might be maybe too strong of a word. So maybe it's contentment. It's an acceptance of his fate and his actions, actually. I don't think it's regret, but maybe it's the idea he chose this life. He took action, pillaging, raping, plundering, all that, killing. Yeah. And as a pirate, he really engaged in this lifestyle. And this is the trade-off. It's a simple life settling down with a family or living high on the seas. He chose the sea life. Yeah. Not like sea life. Not like
0: he's,
1: (laughs) I can't wait to get me some tuna or dolphins or, you know, he wasn't choosing that stuff. Sea life. Yeah, that was a bad choice. Why would I say sea life? I'm regretting that.
0: A life on the sea.
1: A life on the sea. But I already said that. I tried to change it up. That's what happens when you do that. Yeah, you change it up and now that's, sea life.
0: That's, yeah.
1: Barbosa's. I really want
0: Barbosa wants to be part of Davy Jones' locker and become like, the re- sea, or no, what?
1: I really wanted to go to Marine World, <laughs> and then he died. <laughs> and Disney, like, we can't put that in there. This is Disney. It's not Marine World. We gotta have Disney theme parks. So Animal Kingdom, maybe I don't know. Now look what happened. You got us all off track. But in a way, he got exactly what he wanted. He got closure. The curse was ended. Of course, he didn't get to go on living as a human again. But all those emotions, those feelings we take for granted were restored during his last breaths. Yeah.
0: <laughs> breaths.
1: <laughs> and that's what he was seeking over the last 10 years. It's like the tragedy of Barbosa. I don't know if he was looking for the other thing he could have been. But we went with breaths this time.
0: <laughs> Why can't, I can't even get it out now. I have no clue.
1: There's obviously an interesting bit on the gunshot to his heart, too. I mentioned earlier the hole in his heart. A couple of ways I look at this, and I'm sure others out there maybe will have their own ideas. But here are some of my thoughts about holes in the heart. Okay. The shot to the heart.
0: Shot to the heart. Exactly. And you you said you were somber.
1: You were sad for Barbosa, And then you're singing that. You
0: can't quote songs and not expect music to come out.
1: That's maybe true. But it does jolt him back to life. Think about that. It's like putting the paddles on someone whose heart has stopped beating charge it up and let the jewels fly to get the heart pumping again. Right. Yeah. It's only for a few seconds, but he does live again. Thanks to Jack pulling the trigger physically and metaphorically by giving will the opportunity to lift the curse. And then by sending that bullet into his his heart there, it's like he jumpstarted it, jolted his heart back. Right. Another thought is that the ball or shot from Jack's flintlock did not actually create the hole in his heart because the hole was already there. Mm. The initial greed before he was even cursed or even the curse all the symptoms of it created this hole in the first place. The shot filled the hole, that void that was there and restored Barbosa to his natural form and is no longer missing that which makes him or all of us human filled the hole in his heart, brought him back to life. Oh yeah, this is good stuff. (laughs) Ah! The last one I'll throw out is that the curse drove him to seek treasure is to amplify this greed, which we all know, but his greatest heart's desire was not silver and gold, but his own mortality. And the irony of achieving mortality as a person meant he had to give up the very thing he desired, which was his own life, which is crazy. Mm -hmm. It's like the gift of the Magi story, only he plays both parts. To give one to get the other, he had to give it up, which is pretty crazy. I also love the shot when the apple falls from his hand. And based on how the sequence is shot, he is not holding the apple all the time. Because he does rip open his shirt or his coat to show that, or when he's exposing that wound, right? Yeah. So you do see both hands. He doesn't have an apple in it.
0: Maybe he's palming it.
1: Well, the first thing that means he had to have done was reach for the apple after he yeah. sees the wound.
0: He wanted to get a bite before he went down. That's
1: what. Yeah, exactly. He reached for his life. That apple was a symbol of his life. That's what he wanted. And he reached for it when he realized he was shot and he was dying. Yeah. It was reaching for his humanity. And until his very last breath, he was able to hold on to it. He was cherishing that apple in his hand, grasping it, even though he wasn't able to taste it. In that moment, he really had his life in his own hand again, so to speak, right? Yeah. Pretty crazy. How many times I said crazy? I don't know. It's crazy that I'm saying crazy so much. I'm going to have to put a pirate yell in there. <laughs> <Arr>! <laughs> then as he dies, the apple rolls out of his clenched hand, and it really is just this very symbolic moment. And since it was uneaten, it has that morality tale to it. Greed doesn't pay off. He amassed all this fortune, but in the end, he could not enjoy or spend it. Yeah. And what he wanted most was to bite the apple, take a bite out of life and have his humanity back. Now he had to let all that go and he never got to taste it. So we talked about it in the past, but the apple has a lot of references and symbols associated with it. Billions of them. Yeah. Okay, not billions. That's a
0: little okay. ridiculous. Lots.
1: But we talked about many of them. But what really hit me in this is the clear Snow White connotations when I saw this. The evil queen tells Snow White to make a wish and to take a bite of the apple. When she's wooing Snow White. Yeah. When she's disguised as the old lady. And I actually ended up watching the scene because when the apple rolled out of his hand, it just was like, that is just from Snow White. So, yeah, I looked it up. And that's exactly what was going on here. The evil queen, like I said, tells Snow White to make a wish and take a bite. There must be something your little heart desires. That's what she says.
0: Hmm.
1: So, that's actually a direct quote from that. Make a wish and take a bite. There must be something your little heart desires. Snow White then makes a wish for Prince Charming, this kind of idea of essentially live happily ever after. They're going to have a castle or whatever. The queen pops back with another quote. Fine, fine. Don't let the wish grow cold. Snow White then takes a bite. She says she feels weird, then falls down and the apple rolls out of her hand. This is very much like what we see with Barbosa in this minute. Yeah. The apple rolls away. We have the idea of this wish growing cold. Barbosa. Wanted life, he wanted to have that back, and then he says he's feeling cold. The wish being happily ever after, or living happily ever after, and his heart's desire that's going away. Yeah, this is really freaking Barbosa playing out a scene from Snow White. It really is, it's bizarre. It's all those same elements, and then this even takes it further. And what will even blow your minds even more, and this is a season two spoiler. Because we're jumping ahead to season two. Just for this brief second, Heather's giving me the eyes like, what are you doing? You're breaking the rules. Yeah. Yeah. Rules are made to be broken. We established that in a few episodes.
0: They're just guidelines.
1: They're guidelines. See, even they said that. Barbosa returns at the end of Dead Man's Chest thanks to a metaphorical kiss from Tia Dalma. Snow White. Huh. He returns to life.
0: So, Barbosa's Snow White is what you're saying.
1: It's possible he's Snow White.
0: But Snow White was sweet.
1: Hey, I'm not to judge. Barbosa could be sweet.
0: Okay. Very interesting.
1: Right? Yeah. So there we go. It is. A lot of craziness that just plays right along with Snow White there. And I have to say, that's how we start a week. Pirates of the Caribbean meets Snow White. Now this is some deep shit going on here. (laughs) (laughs) That's what the beauty of this show is. We go from deep thoughts and crazy symbols and history sometimes, and then we really embrace our inner teen child. Yeah. With some of the craziness that happens here, you mostly think? on your part. And oh, I'm just my. sitting back, shaking my head, like, I can't believe no. she brought this down to a low. But yeah, that's yeah. the beauty of this show. We got something for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> the teens who are like, did they just really say that? And then adults going, oh my God. So yeah.
0: Yes. I was thinking about this Barbosa's death and how it, I see it now, you know, as I feel bad for Barbosa not knowing. He'll be back in the other movies thinking this is final. This is it for Barbosa, Because I've...
1: Yeah, no more spoilers. We're back to Curse of the Black I Pearl. I
0: really, really have grown, especially dissecting the movie so much. I've really grown to like Barbosa, Even though he is the evil one, basically, in the movie. I just... I really like the way he is. You know, just his... The way he acts, the way he talks, mannerisms, and everything. And so I thought, how did I feel about this death the first time I watched the movie? Mm, good now, question. I don't remember movies and reactions when it's the first time. I have I have a hard time remembering how I reacted.
1: You have a hard time remembering the movie in general after you have seen okay,
0: it. Okay. Anyway, so I really don't think I felt to the point I feel now about Barbossa's death. A I think I silence. had a different. Yeah, I think I had a different view of him at that point in time. Like Barbosa as much as I do now.
1: Well, I think that there's something going on there. And I think a lot of us relate to it in a certain way. But then, so here's the crazy thing. Yes. No, I don't think most of us were sad that Barbosa died. Yeah. We expected that he would die or that there would be something that would end this fight this battle between all these people jack would get his shit back because it's a movie that's how we expected it to end we expect everything to be wrapped up in that snow white ending if i can go back to that and be all a pretty present again everything is how it should be and we leave the theater going now that was a good movie and none of us are pissed off that you know like will turner and elizabeth and all the good people didn't you know they died and Barbosa and the cursed crew live on and whatever so none of that stuff crazy happened Wrapped it up nicely. We expected that and we're okay with that. But then, after really reviewing it and watching it, you start to really like Barbosa because his character is something kind of relatable or something we can all somewhat get behind. Yeah. And, like you said, his mannerisms, his acting, the character itself, he's it's a really colorful person. He's that pirate that we all expect and we really just immediately kind of gravitate towards. Uh huh. Even though he's the bad guy, we still like. Seeing him, he's the trickster. It's like we know that he's the bad boy, but we're still drawn to him. Right. Damn you ladies like the bad boys. <laughs> now we all do it. Jeez, look at you guys. Such a bad influence on us, guys. It's ridiculous. <laughs> but that's what it is. But the crazy thing is, is even though we expected or we knew that he should die, and we didn't really necessarily care about it at that particular time, Yeah. when Dead Man's chest rolls around in the sequel, you miss him yeah. in that movie. Yeah. And you're going, oh man, Barboso is such an awesome character. Because right. you just start thinking back, that's where it comes into. And then when he makes that appearance, and we can talk about that later, people started to applaud in theaters because of it. Right. Jeffrey Rush, Barbosa, whether it's the actor or not, people clicked with him and they wanted to see him back because he was that awesome of a character. Right. And that's why then he sustained himself in all the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Because of that. Yeah. So when The Curse of the Black Pearl is a standalone movie when we first saw it, I think we expected it and you could go, who knows if they're going to make another one. He was a great character and a great villain. It was a tragedy on some things or a tragic figure in some parts. Yeah. Or sometimes he's just a straight up villain that you go, okay, he's a straight up villain, but you still like him. It's like Hans from Die Hard. He's just this really just like guy you want to hate. Right. Because he, you're just like, blast that guy. But that's kind of, Barbosa is that over the top pirate guy that you want to not like because he's doing all these things but you can't help but go hey, he's a pretty cool character right yeah so i think that's part of it it's or an interesting psychology thing behind it yeah. of how and why we're attracted to him or have been and then we get a great character arc with him from that villain to say an anti-good guy <laughs> if you will <laughs> or a good guy for the most part later yeah. on yeah for the most part yeah so it's pretty interesting it is so that's all I got. I don't know if you had any other questions or if you're good.
0: No, that's it for me.
1: Yeah, so Barbosa poor Barbosa died. Barbosa's dead. I wouldn't have uh, had this much thought behind it until I actually saw it, but I also think before I close it up, since I was closing it up and now I horn swoggled my own closing like you <laughs> normally do. He almost in our eyes, he's not human for most of the movie. For the entire movie, he's not a human pirate. Oh, right. Because he is a skeleton, he's a cursed crew yeah. member. He can't die. He's beyond that reach. He's not a human. But in that moment, when he gets shot and the blood comes out, he goes from being that skeleton to that actual pirate that we now feel bad for. Yeah. Because we haven't seen a lot of his earlier transgressions. All we know of Barbosa. yeah, we know a history of him, but we haven't seen him actually killing a bunch of just innocent people. He is on track to try and save his life from this curse. That's what we see. That's yeah. the tragedy we see with him is trying to get that curse lifted. And he finally gets that at the end. And when he feels, he feels his own death and the irony hits us like a ton of bricks going, boy, that sucks. Yeah. That's part of it. Why we do that? Cause we're just like, man, he had that. Okay. If he was human the whole time and he died, nobody cared, but it's like he had that. And finally he dies Right when he can feel again, and that's the irony of it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really an interesting twist because then he becomes in our eyes a human character again, and we start to have a little empathy for him. Right, that drives that. So it is a pretty crazy notion. Plus, just because I wanted to throw crazy in there. The one zooming more
0: time. in on him when he dies just kind of adds that impact.
1: Yeah, because he's not like cursing Jack at that moment no. or. Saying something like, to the hell with all of you. It's like
0: he's in peace finally. Yeah,
1: he's in peace. And so we see that like, oh, I wonder if this is the real Barbosa. Yeah. Because we don't see that. We see him maroon Jack because of the whole stuff. But we didn't see the mutiny take place in the beginning. We've only heard about it. We didn't see him send bootstrap to the depths of Baby Jones' locker, which was brutal in itself. So if we had seen or him blowing up the merchant ship with kids on it, then... Women and other people. Right. Or other towns. We only get this small little glimpse. And so our we don't have a lot of these preconceived prejudices against him. Because we haven't seen that. We haven't really built up this anger for him. I mean, if we had been tracking him for these 10 years, watching him just destroy and kill and maim people. Yeah. We'd probably have a different thing. But the glimpse we have is him struggling to get rid of this damn curse. And... When he does get that, then he dies. And yeah. that's the tragedy of it. And so, uh, yeah, I wonder if we would have had this whole completely different perception of him if we had saw those other things happen. Because yeah. we would have been like, boy, he is a bastard. <laughs> but we've only seen him as cursed. And so it's almost like our minds play a trick on us thinking the curses caused this. Barbosa's is really a good guy. Right. Because even at the end when he becomes human, like I said, he's not like cursing all of them for making this so difficult or for killing them. He kind of reflects upon himself. Yeah. And dies and has that moment where he's not looking evil. It's not like he's just well, giving just everybody looks, the finger out there. Looks peaceful. Yeah. And so then we have that empathy. So, yeah. Poor Barbosa. So that's all I got this time for sure. Nothing Are else. I'm sure? not going back. I'm not going back. We'll be back on Tuesday with minute 123 of The Curse of the Black Pearl on the Pirates of the Caribbean minute. Until then, let's keep the horns swoggling to a minimum. And hopefully something. A little less somber. Something a little more yeah. jovial happening here. Oh, I miss those euthanisms. And it was only just a couple of days ago. Lust <laughs> <laughs> hey, oh.
0: Lost patience, try land, never slow. Powerless things, you miss this life. Guided by my
1: What's that, Banjo? Heather's been drinking at the Faithful Bride Tavern? Take me to her, buddy! Blimey! Passed out in the mud with the pigs? Again? This sty is your second home! Heather, wake up! The show's done and you're supposed to tell everyone where they can find us, where the after party is, and how their voicemail may be featured on the show! Banjo, get me a bucket! Hey, Scallywags, while Banjo's getting some water to wake up Heather, it's time I say thanks for listening. If you like the show, give us a review on iTunes. It helps us out and we greatly appreciate it. Have a question or comment? Give us a call at 8637 Pirate. We just might play your voicemail on the show. You can also give us a shout at podcast at blackpearlminute.com. And don't forget to join the post episode brawls on Facebook and Twitter. If you're interested in our best of clips, you can find us on SoundCloud. All the links are at blackpearlminute.com. It's that easy.